You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are here with Cannon Cox, who is an amazing country musician, lives in Nashville, is really starting to get a name for himself, has some bangers out there. So before you even listen to me, go to Spotify right now, type in Cannon Cox, C-A-N-A-A-N Cox, and you will not be let down. Now let's talk a little bit about Cannon. So we all dream of hitting it big with what we do. So it's always a pleasure to meet somebody who's living that dream and ultimately working for that dream, right? There's never a stop in the music world. And I think with this musician, it's all about the journey, but it's also about the people that have gotten him there. But really it comes down to his fans putting on an amazing show, making people feel happy and ultimately making people want to listen to his music. So Cannon is a musician from right here in North Carolina where he grew up. He lives, like I mentioned, he lives in uh, in Nashville now, but he grew up in a musical family, hit his stride, you know, after a lot of, of, of really hard work and maybe a little bit of luck. Now, he's got a fun uh, mix of musical styles, a few singles uh, that have already been hits. Uh, right now, he gets over 220,000 listeners a month on Spotify, which is amazing. And we're, we're excited to learn a little bit more about his journey. He has played in a, a lot of cool venues right here in Charlotte. So definitely look up that schedule and see if you can go see him live. Uh, he is amazing. And uh, Cannon, welcome. And thank you for joining us on this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. Yeah, man. What an introduction there. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Brian's got that like dialed I in. That. <laughs> I know. Put some music behind that and get some people some chills, you know? That's right. That's awesome, man. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us, man. We know you're a busy guy. So, a little bit about you, Cannon. Uh, you grew up in a big family, a musical one, too. Uh, tell us about your mom, your dad, your many, many sisters, and your life growing up in Hendersonville, North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember a time where I wasn't in like music doing something. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, prodigy stuff. They didn't like force me to play anything. It was just they, <laughs> mom played in the band, dad, you know, played guitar and stuff like that. And so I was just kind of surrounded by it. Uh, mom still actually plays in a band around sometimes just for fun, just to kind of, you know, kick up the hills a little bit. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I've been surrounded by, I grew up in church, you know, playing and singing there. My grandma played the piano at our church and stuff like that. And then I always give credit to my sisters. I have so many sisters, only two of them. Everyone always asks, they're like, is everyone else in your family like super musical and all that? But it's actually just like mom and dad and then my two little sisters. And then like everyone else just can't carry a tune in a bucket. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a gift. Yeah, my, so yeah, yes, man. and then uh, my brother, my brother has gotten into the the audios. Like he just like literally in the last couple of years have like bought a bunch of gear and he's sending me stuff and he's actually doing pretty pretty cool stuff uh, as far as like audio and uh, engineering goes. But uh, I always give them credit to be my for being my audience, just because I had so many of them. It was always like, hey guys, I want to. I just learned this solo on the mandolin. Here you go. Let me come and uh, <laughs> just be the center of attention for five seconds. Um, but yeah, so it was always kind of, I always had my little crowd, had my audience. So I was giving them credit for, for that, giving me uh, someone to perform to at a small age. So How many sisters do you have? I have seven. seven oh my good sisters. God. Seven sisters and a brother. I have two little and then everyone else is older. Um, we're not all from the same. We all come, we all come in pairs yeah. except for the, I call her the odd sister out just because she doesn't have a pair. She's not odd. She just has a, you know, she doesn't have a pair because out of the marriages, there's always been two and the stepdad comes in and he brings two. Anyway, <laughs> so we, have, we all have 
fairs and stuff, but that all happened when I was, I don't know, like in, in like first grade. Yeah. So it, uh, so it happened at an early age. So just, yeah. Just, oh, cool. Here's two new sisters for you to, to play with. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Yes. I hope you guys like music. Well, that means you're well-rounded. How about that? There you go. <laughs> there we go. Yes, yeah. sir. So yeah. I'm, I mentioned um, that you're a country musician, but you really have a lot of different, you know, vibes and, and, and you kind of fuse your energy of pop, taste of R&B. Um, so it's kind of hard now to even throw any type of musician in a genre because I feel like the most talented ones kind of create their own. Tell us a little bit about what your vibe is and, and, and how you kind of explain what your music is all about. Yeah, I mean, we could have a whole nother podcast on that on just like literally what i think what the industry thinks what's going on but i mean i think it's just it's just different now i mean with social media with phones with i mean you know you back in the whatever 60s 70s you know you were like i'm a rocker i'm solely like i'm just this or i'm that you know super singer songwriter but now music is so accessible and you know you just turn on anything and everyone's trying to make it so i don't think anyone necessarily are the genres but it makes it super hard as an artist to, to get in there because you like be who you are or whatever. And then you go in one meeting and they're like, Hey, you sound like too much of this or you're not this enough. And so it's all, it's all different. So all of that being said, I think it's, yeah, you stay true to who you are and that's what I've tried to do with my music. And I think I give again, a lot of credit to growing up with such a, a well-rounded, you know, mom listened to, you know, Skinner and dad listened to Conway Twitty. And then, you know, two of my sisters love like the smashing pumpkins and I loved all the pop stuff. I mean, if I could have been in the 80s, if I could have been born like at 78 and then been like a teenager or something right around the 80s, I would have thrived. I would have thrived. <laughs> I just love that sound, that music, Michael Jackson, Whitney, Stevie, all of that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I have also a degree in musical theater, and I think that plays a big role, a little bit more on the storytelling. And I mean, if you do want to talk about country music, I think that's kind of what country music has always been for me was the storytelling was the the ability to you know tell I could distort it doesn't matter you know what it's about what the instruments are I mean we sit here and talk about you know I think sometimes the Ed Sheeran stuff is more country than country is sometimes and it's vice versa I think in each genre again another whole podcast we could talk about the subgenres in the genre um, but for me specifically I think just trying to stay true to me it is more on the country leaning side of things lyrically as far as just the heartfelt the true the authenticity of the lyrics you know we're not trying to say you know anything crazy we just tell a good story and then you know it has a pop element in the sense of of the production and stuff like that i mean if i could have horns in everything that i did oh i'd love it I, but you know i, I, I love I, horns when they hit. i'm a sucker for jazz like michael buble all that kind of stuff like i would just if I could get away with it, I, I, I would. But I do also understand the business and uh, what it takes to kind of get there. And you know, not everyone wants to hear a saxophone solo every 13 seconds. So. <laughs> you know, when you're in Charlotte, I know when you come here, you're playing all the time. But Scott is a partner in Middle Sea Jazz Club right here in Charlotte, so you gotta come. Uh, we gotta talk and check yeah, it out. Yeah, we go, gotta man. talk, buddy. Let's do this. You gotta check. Christmas it. show, man. Oh, yes, sir. There we go. Yes, sir. Let's go. I'm so, all about it. We'll we'll make that happen. That that would be a lot of fun. Um, and we do yeah, do sure. some Christmas shows. Uh, we're only a couple years into this. We opened in literally November of nineteen, right before the pandemic. Uh, but yeah. therefore, while um, 
we were the only music option uh, as a gathering in Charlotte. So it's it's been good for us, and folks are starting to come back uptown. So uh, we hope it'll continue to grow and thrive. Uh, but yes, sir. That's so awesome. yeah, that is awesome. Super so you're cool. in Nashville now, right? Yeah. Um, how is we we know Nashville's the center of, of of a lot of music, and and you know the networks there are incredible from that standpoint. How is Nashville for you, and and what are you finding from the business side as you try to grow your your audience? I would have had probably a better answer for that before COVID. Uh, now that COVID, it's I mean it's the wild wild west. But I mean I still you still have a, a pretty good grasp of it. Things were really popping off for me right at the end of 2019. We just got like a booking agent. I just booked my own UK tour, um, and just like literally as we were sound checking, got the call from somebody and was like, Hey, WME wants to talk. And I was like, yeah, oh, finally, you know, and booking people who don't understand what that is. It's just like the people affairs and opening slots for tours and stuff like that. So was super excited to literally like land and then go to that meeting. Um, and then everything went to crap, you know, everything went away and then people were let off and musicians obviously got hits just as hard as everyone did as far as that goes. And so, I mean, I'm finally get, I'm going to get into it a little bit later, but you know, then some things happened for me last year that kind of sparked us or at least got me out of the sludge of what the 2020, you know, caused. Um, but I'm learning that there's a, at this moment, it's a lot of uncertainty. I mean, I don't mean that in any bad way, but there's a lot of meetings. And I mean, I think, you know, some people look at the music industry and it's like, ah, oh, cool. Here we go. Song, go play money. It's like that. It's, it's, I mean, it's business, it's business in any, like, just like, like anything else. And so it's hard. Um, it's a lot of, you know, you, you do something so hard and you work for it and then you get in the room and this person will tell you this thing, like, this is what's going to do it. And then you have a meeting the next day with someone just as, you know, high up in the industry, tell you something completely different. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, what am I? <laughs> just a tug of war. Cool. Yeah. And so it, so it is, it's, it's hard. And I mean, but I think that's not even just COVID. I think that's just the industry in general. It changes, you know, obviously TikTok changed the name of the game um, with what that can do for an artist and exposure um, and numbers. Um, so, I mean, it, it was a little, e not easier, but I, I found a better, it was like the hard work was paying off a little bit more before COVID just because, you know, you kind of, you knew what was going on. It's like, cool, this is the way it's been for a while now. So it was like, cool, do this, do that, do that. You still hear the same kind of thing. I mean, COVID happened and it's like, no yeah. one has any clue. What's, no one has any idea what's going on. And especially as an emerging artist, um, it's hard because everyone is either copying and pasting what they'd already have, you know, hey, whatever. Someone famous is scheduled copy and paste for 2020. And then we're also working on 2022 for them. So it's like, obviously we're worried about, we're definitely worried about this A-list 16 number one artist other than Kane and Cox. Um, and so that could be discouraging for some. Um, but yeah, so it goes back to the previous question of like sticking true to who you are and your music and just kind of controlling what you have. So it's a little different right now. I mean, things have continued to grow, um, but I feel like I'm doing this every week. Right. I think is I think that's just life in general. Like I'm not trying to be like throw a pity party or anything, but it's just like, oh man, this happened, this happened, you know, 
it's like when it rains, it pours on this side, and then all of a sudden, it's now it's just torrential downpour, and I'm in a flood, and I'm crying. <laughs> yeah. like, okay. And then literally, you'll get an email, and it just changes the whole thing. And you're like, we're back, baby. We're back. Roller coaster. Yeah. It's it, a roller coaster. It, it, you, it sounds no a lot, control. yeah, a lot like small business, right? Like we took it on the chin, and God knows you just have to continue to evolve, stay optimistic, stay grinding. Um, stay in touch and like you said, stay true to who you are and eventually you come out of it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, one, sure. one thing I, I want to mention, and this is, I, I think where people need to appreciate the hard work and the grind that, that specifically aspiring artists go through. You know, we were lucky to be at an event last week with Mark Schulman, who's the, the lead uh, drummer for Pink. And then we're also good friends with Quentin Gibson, who's the lead guitarist for Darius Rucker. And both of them have similar stories as, as how hard and how long they grinded till they got their opportunity, right? It's very easy to look at a, a band that sells out arenas and be like, that's cool. They're rich. They have all the money. But it took them years, decades to get to where they were. And Quentin talked about playing on the streets in Nashville 10, 12, 13, 15 years, you know, late in his thirties, got his first opportunity where he went to the trial with Darius Rucker and then didn't think at all he was going to get it and then got it. Now he's been with them for at least a decade or close to that. And when we go to Nashville, me and Scott got to go down, go out there and see some of these artists. And I just had a different appreciation for him. It wasn't about like, wow, that's pretty cool. This person is playing great music because they do put on a good show, but it's looking there and being like, this person loves something so much that they're willing to grind every day till one, two in the morning. And I don't know if a lot of people appreciate that. And you, uh, and I want to talk about this. You've worked so hard and so long and put out music for a very long time. You've done over 300 live shows. And in spring of 2021, you have a story with Bobby Jones, who uh, hosts the Bobby Jones show. And I would love for you to tell us that story and how that is, has really changed or affected uh, your career. Yeah. Uh, so Bobby Bones is a huge um, name in that country. Yeah, people who don't know him or whatever, he just is kind of the face of iHeart country here in town. Um, so these also, if you haven't heard his story, also, if you love the grind and the hustle, he's very much on the same kind of level, which I knew going in, but uh, yeah, speaking of hustle during the pandemic, I went back to serving at my old job when I first moved into town. I moved in like 16, got a serving job and was there, whatever. And then things took off for me. So I just, you know, didn't go back. Um, but yeah, but then obviously COVID happened, show get canceled. And so I just messaged the manager like, hey, I'd love to just pick up if I can. Long story short, Bobby Bones comes in and I just write my name down on a coaster and my Instagram and just was like, hey, this is who I am. I'm working hard. Enjoy your dinner. Hope you, you know, like whatever, have a good, didn't think anything of it. And literally I was, I left the grocery store the next day and got a phone call and it was from the producer of the show. I was like, hey, um, this is Mike or whatever. We got uh, your, from your coaster, Bobby wants to uh, see if you can take a call like tomorrow and freaked out. It was awesome. <laughs> I mean, go back. It's all on YouTube. It's all on Instagram. You can definitely, if anyone who's interested, who's listening, like go check it out. Um, so he calls me. Just was like, hey, love it. He played a little bit of a couple of my songs on the radio, which he syndicates over to about 9.2 million listeners in a day. Um, so it was huge. Um, and then asked me to come on the show the next day. So went on and played a song and played, actually played a couple couple songs for him. And it was just really cool. And I mean, it just, it definitely had a spike in 
and all social media and awareness and all my streams like for the next week were, were you know doing things that it had never done before uh but that definitely got me out of the sludge of of post covidness of like what do i do as an artist so the phone started ringing a little bit and i actually got manager uh, he's out in la um if you, if you know the ajr song uh bang bang mm-hmm. like, so he's he's their guy i, I love him so much he's just great dude and got connected with him via an iHeart connect down in Atlanta and it all just was like cool and one week the phone was ringing um so thank god for Bobby Bones for helping me out and then it yeah so we got a kind of a plan going and we got connected with hey this is what I who I am this is what I'm doing this is what I want to do and uh finally at the end of the year by the end of last year so 2021 kind of had some idea of what we were going to do for this year and we had been in the rooms as far as like rights go so i was already working on getting into publishing houses and stuff to like get get new songs written with and just starting to write to write better songs and that we uh took some meetings with pretty much everyone in town just was in the rooms writing constantly getting the songs together um and it just feels good, you know, as uh, the A-Team says, it's, you know, it feels good when a plan comes together. And we relate a single as you leave. I knew that's the one I wanted to drop. We got with the distributor in town. And there's like who's, you know, pitching to DSPs and Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, YouTube, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, it's just new territory completely that I hadn't been a part of. And it just felt good to just, one, just be there. And then two, that it actually paid off. You know, sometimes, I mean, just, yeah. And so it, it was really good um, and we got a plan and we just dropped the other single, Joy, and it's out there doing its thing. It's only been for about a week um, and we got more more to come. So it's all a process. That's amazing. And and is am I reading this right that you're going to be dropping your debut album with Empire Records in June? Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I, I think the, the date, we, we might've moved around the date a little bit just because of certain things. I mean, it's, again, that's a whole nother oh, yeah. conversation we could have <laughs> yeah. about dropping stuff, but yeah, we changed, that was going to be the date. Um, the next single comes out and then another one drops, I think in July and then that'll complete the, the like self-titled EP album or whatever. Love um, it. yeah, so we're just constantly just wrote a song left two days ago or just constantly writing we got like two rights next week and so it's uh yeah, right place, right time. Yeah, well, you know what? That's what it's all about. And and we've been able to connect and, and been able to work together for a little while. And, you know, it, it's amazing to see your grind. And if you go out and you look at, at the tour, like you are not in some very fancy bus. You're not you know, going out in a jet. Like you're throwing your stuff in the car and you're going to Virginia and Georgia and Illinois and Wisconsin and Maine and New York. And you're going California. You're going everywhere. Because you want to, you love what you do, but you also want to put on a good show. And I think that's so cool. But I want to transition this. Now, that's really important in your life. But if you follow Cannon on social media, you'll also get to experience uh, his family side. And um, I want you to tell a little bit of story, kind of your love story, on how Got you it. know you found your wife. And now you have a, a stepson of your own, uh, which is is your son, basically. And if you, if you watch... Your interactions, because I have two boys, and when you watch your interaction, not only with him but with her, it's just an amazing story. So tell me a little bit about you know your love story, because I got a feeling we're gonna have some bangers coming from this one too. <laughs> oh, there's already bangers out there about her. There's already bangers. There's already out there. there. Yeah, there's like a couple. Yeah, I, I would. I give you a list. 
yeah, we uh, I used to perform on cruise ships like Carnival, and just like me and the guitar playing songs and stuff. And she was a dancer, and I met her. I think it was like in fifteen, two thousand fifteen. Um, it's before I even moved down. And long story short, yeah, we, we dated for a while, and then I called it off just because we were. I was on a different ship, she was on a different ship, and she's from the UK. Um, so and long distance sucks already, but long distance on cruise ships is the worst. You like pay for internet, the internet sucks. You're in a different time zone. I like it's it's the worst. Um, and so me being stupid and 24 years old and being you know irrational was just like this isn't going to work even though deep down just knew she was it like i knew for a fact she was the one knew i was making a mistake but i was like i don't know how i'm supposed to go through a whole nother year and not being able to see you for like except for like two weeks um so break it off anyways so go through about three years i haven't spoken to each other i'd reached out to her a couple of times like i mean whatever i'm going to be you know vulnerable waking up in tears having dreams that she'd like talk to me and waking up and just being like oh my god that wasn't real she hasn't said a word to me in three years reached out we'd always wanted to go to ireland together i actually this is a whole nother story but i had this i literally went to work at del frisco's when i got here and just told my boss i was like hey i'm gonna go to ireland tomorrow uh, like <laughs> i'm gonna finish my shift and i'm going and i went and I messaged Kim and said, like, hey, I know it's been forever, whatever, but I'm going. It's so close to you. I'll pay for everything. Just get over here. Anyway, she saw it, didn't respond, whatever. Um, and then, yeah, so go on, chasing my dreams here in Nashville, doing the thing. And then at the beginning of 2019, I just get a phone call, and it says, you know, Kimberly Jane, calling you. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and I haven't heard from her. I hadn't done anything, and uh, so yeah, we sat there and talked for like two hours. Um, obviously, had a child. I told her about what was going on in my life, and so basically, all of 2019 was spent on just kind of figuring out who we were. We didn't know. Like, I was like, "Are you talking to me because you want to talk to me, or like, what's going on?" I don't know. And um, so I did jump on a plane and just show up on her front doorstep without unannounced at her parents' house because she was only with the parents at the time just because of the, 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 the child and everything, George. And it was, yeah, it was, it was a real awesome moment. And I just was like, oh, I hope God she still like loves me and stuff. And it was just, it was great. And I loved it. I'm so glad I did. I only stayed over there for literally like two and a half days. Um, so that sparked up us again a little bit. We still went through some hard times. Obviously, I'm chasing my dream. Definitely not the same person I was at 24. She's not the same person she was at 24. You know, all this stuff. And, uh, but yeah, then finally, all it just all came together. COVID happened, which sucked. Um, I don't recommend getting engaged to someone across the, the planet when you can't go anywhere. Um, <laughs> that's also the worst. Yeah, so I went over there uh, and visited during COVID when you could. And we spent a couple weeks together and just was like, cool, like this is, this is really it. Like, because before it was always, you know, we were on the same page. She'd come over and I'm like, oh my God, I'm like on the, the cusp of like breaking through my dreams here. And you're talking about a wife and a kid and this is scary. And you're from the UK. Like, what are we going to do? Anyways, um, and she was doing the same thing. So when I was ready, she wasn't. When she was ready, I wasn't. Um, and then finally, yeah, in 2020, we both were like, what the hell are we doing? Like, this is like, I've gone on dates and it's not you. And I've gone, you know, like been, you know, thinking about you all the time kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, pop the question. She said yes, and then got locked in 
England for two months. Um, so not a bad way to spend your engagement, but it's winter, winter in England with a two year old and you can't go anywhere. Um, so I was like, if we can make it through this, we got this and it was perfect. Um, and then the borders opened up and we did like long distance for, I don't know, seven months, not being able to see each other. And then, uh, went through the whole, you know, fiance engagement paperwork side of things and she's here and huzzah man there's a lot of music that can be written around that oh man oh there is there's a lot there is you're not gonna run out of content no one one little story right when covid was happening right when it was like when we it was on the news and we were like what is this ha ha whatever people are getting sick this is stupid whatever at the very beginning of 2020 and uh, I was playing the gig in Savannah and we had started talking again, her and I, because we'd gone back and forth or whatever. And then I could kind of feel I was losing her, but I knew like it was finally for me. Like I knew like whatever I have to do to be with this girl, I'll do it. And I didn't, like, I couldn't get her to see that. Just obviously we'd been back and forth. And so again, got on a plane, literally my drummer, we got back from Savannah. I bought a t- ticket on the way home, got to the airport, flew over, was like, how much, like, I do not have a return flight. Like, this is how much I love you. I'm here to be with you. And she was like, you got to go. And I turned right around and got back on a plane and left. And yeah, I wrote one of my, probably my favorite songs on the train from Norwich back to London. Wow. What's the name of that? Yeah. That was a 1%. 1%. Let the check that out. Yeah, that one's a little heartbreaker. But uh, that one's not a banger. It's more like an Adele piano heartbreak song. (laughs) <laughs> who who is your favorite artist now nowadays? Nowadays, oh my gosh, I love like the alternative. Like I said, the Horns man. Yeah, you probably not, you might not even hear these people, but like Couch Lawrence, mm-hmm. they're so great. Um, I love in country music. I love Jordan Davis. I don't think he gets. I mean, he just had his first number one. Right? Singles you up might have been, but I loved his first album. He's got a good mix of what I'm also trying to do, um, that kind of stuff, and then. Ben Platt, he's from the musical Dear Evan Hansen. He's come out with his own stuff. It's kind of got like a nostalgic 80s feel to it. Um, I'm usually just cranking that up a lot. But it's usually like the the pop side of things. I love like Gavin DeGraw. Mm-hmm. Um, his old stuff. He's uh, just dropping a new album coming soon. And yeah, so for a country music artist, I don't listen to a lot of country, which I think most people don't. You go to like Jason Aldean's Instagram, and he's got like Dr. Dre in the background. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're like, all right, cool. You're not, I guess you wouldn't be listening to Blake Shelton, I guess, you know. You know, I think that's unique. Mark Schulman, and I mentioned that was a drummer of Pink who spoke last week. He, somebody asked, like, what would be your advice to an aspiring artist? And he said, you have to put on one hell of a show. You have to be different. And if you try to be like anybody else, then you're never going to make it right They're They're like right now from a duplication effort in music. If you follow somebody and say, well, they're successful, I'm going to do the exact same thing. No one's going to like you because we want something that's different. So I think that's why these artists that are so good, it's because they've taken their love from a lot of different genres and made it their own and then turn it into one hell of an, of an entertainment 
and then that's kind of how they've made it. So I feel like you've done the same thing from not only your degree, from being raised in your family of music, but then your love and appreciation for a lot of different genres that you're not trying to be somebody else. You're just trying to be Cannon Cox. And if you're Cannon Cox and take all that together, you're going to produce something that's so unique and so different. And that's why people not only love you, but will continue to follow you and hopefully, you know, continue to get you to, to where you want to be. Well, I hope so. I hope that's working for, you know, it seems like it's working, but yeah, taking from uh, all kinds of different stuff. I mean, I think the theater degree helps us a lot in the, the live show for sure. There's a lot of stuff on, on that side. I love just, I always say it just because of the family. I was like, I, I always say that I love being the center of attention because I've, I just had to fight for it forever being a child of nine. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, it's pulled a lot into the theater, pulled a lot into the, the live show aspect of it. And then as far as just like resources and reference, I'm a huge movie buff, the musical theater side of, uh, you know, directing and all that. I do that with all my music videos. There are times in rights, I'll literally, <laughs> with my producer, I made him watch a movie trailer. And I was like, the feeling that you have right now is what I want to try to achieve with like this core progression. And he was like, I get it. And uh, so, it's just weird how, yeah, you, you just pull from anything that you love um, to make it kind of you. There's a book I have it's called uh, Stealing or Art of War or Steal Like an Artist. And the first chapter is that. It's like there's nothing new under the sun, but it's like, of course, you're going to, of course, your sound is going to be something like a, a, a melting pot of things that you love. Like nothing's new. It's like, oh, cool. Yeah, I like this. So I'm would love for this to sound like that kind of thing so for sure i'm hoping it i open it portrays in my music and my stuff so are you uh at this point in your career a hundred percent musician or you know like yeah, you I, mentioned waiting tables as, as covid came around it, it, is that past tense now and you're just you're moving yeah that's and, that's past tense i mean i hadn't i hadn't served since 2017 i mean we did a small radio campaign with one of my singles called lie um and then that's what kind of sparked it got me out of the serving business and we awesome. did that and that's again a whole nother long story um did that and then i didn't go back to serving until covid congratulations yeah. man. and then after the bobby bones thing happened uh, i stopped doing that as well awesome congrats yeah awesome awesome is right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the right path 100 yeah. percent uh, for sure Love it. So tell before we uh, we uh, we kind of close this up. What what is the best way for us for our audience to to support you to follow you? Is it is it going and, and reviewing your music? Is it just listening to it on Spotify? Obviously, going to your 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 live shows. But but how can we help you uh, really promote the Cannon Cox brand? Yeah, I mean. Obviously, Spotify is kind of the main driver everyone kind of looks at, you know, on Apple Music. Obviously, there are also huge platforms, but Spotify has that little number right there that kind of shows you like a telltale sign of this many people are listening to you. It's kind of and so Spotify is just a big driver. So if you have Spotify, awesome. And if you do create a Canyon Cox playlist, hit repeat, go to sleep and let it just play overnight. Um, <laughs> yes, that would be great. Uh, <laughs> share, comment. I mean, I would have maybe said something different six months ago about TikTok, but TikTok is, it's, it's just weird. And if you, sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't, but I mean, yeah, if you're on TikTok sharing, 
it's so weird what that has done for the music industry. And I don't think it's a, I think there's a lot of people who are putting all their eggs in that basket, um, which I don't think is the right move, but it is a new determining factor of success as far as an artist goes and what the industry is looking for. And um, so yeah, if you got TikTok, go search Kanan Cox and just use the sounds, use the songs and share if you like it, you know, comment, love. I love it, man. That's about it. I'm going to add one more because we have the uh, the blessing of working with you on a lot of your gear. So if you go to CanonCox.com, you can click the store button and you can see some CanonCox swag that the Dunstan Group has been blessed to be able to work with them oh, yeah. on. Grab you. There's a, the 2022 line is out. Go grab you some stuff and you there can check is. that out, man. There it is. We, we He's shown it as well. Uh, and we'll be sure to, to link that up. But, yeah. you know, Canon, um, what's the best way if, if people want to get in touch with you? Let's say there's somebody that wants to book you at one of their venues. If, if they're interested in learning more, what's the best way for, for people to get in touch with you? Yeah, just there where you're at right now, my website, um, that contact form. I mean, it goes directly to me. Um, I always love it. It always makes me feel really good when someone messages me, like, hey, you're trying to get in touch with Canon Cox. And I'm like, you got him. Like, it's just me. <laughs> this is um, the office of Canon like, Cox. Thank you for emailing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, if, if you want to talk about hustle, like, yeah, there's been some pretty, like, I think I've booked more shows pretending that I've been Josh than <laughs> myself. Um, and then, yeah, and so just pretending to be that. And it makes it a little bit more, you know, come from in there. And there are times when I'll message my manager, like, hey, it'd be awesome if you kind of took, took over this one. Um, but for the most part, uh, yeah, I, I'll get. It. I hate it when they call. There was I just booked a show, and I'd email like four or five times, and then as Josh, um, and it's like, hey, can we jump on a call real quick? Damn it, sure. And uh, you know, hopefully it doesn't like go to my voicemail or I don't miss the call. I was like, hey, it's Kanan. You know, <laughs> leave a voicemail or and I answer it, and it's like, hey, cool, this is Josh. You know, then you have to speak yourself in third person the whole time. And like, yeah, Kanan's great. Like he's just that's you should that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah he's a great yeah. he's great like he's the just best. hope they yeah. don't say something like, like well, that oh, guy that's, sucks that's so funny <laughs> yeah like, that's know, so man, we funny. saw him before i mean he's yeah. like what'd you say yeah <laughs> no he was awesome i was awesome uh, um that's fantastic well, jokes on you man <laughs> yeah i love it and and um you know if you're listening please check him out follow him on tiktok instagram follow him on you know spotify uh, go make a playlist and just play it and mute it and let it run all night. Let's help, <laughs> let's help them out, man. A North Carolina boy. I love it. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And, and that's cool. And, um, you know, I will also mention, I'm not, I don't know if it's, it's the time, but there will be a new music venue coming soon to South End that there might be somebody that's on this podcast with me that might be able to, uh, to get Mr. Cannon Cox in a new venue coming up. Yeah, there we go. So we'll, um, we'll keep you posted on that, man. Cause I know. You love playing in Charlotte and Rich Moyer and Hoppin yeah. and that whole brands and Penthouse. Um, they they love bringing you there. You always kick it or kill it, I should say. And so, uh, man, it's just been fun to listen to to your story. Um, like I said, I challenge people just go check it out, man. Like them, like you know, being an aspiring artist is probably one of the hardest things to do because there is no you know degree at the end of the line. There is no in line. It, it's it, you're literally grinding until you get an opportunity. When you have it, you got to shine. And uh, and and I feel like you're right there, man. So I um, just keep trying, bro. Yeah. You got this. Thanks, man. You got this. Thanks.
Awesome. Yes, sir. Thank y'all. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. Thank you, Cannon. Until next time, you have been listening to this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.